electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Bring in show music, please. This is Squawk Pod. I'm CNBC producer Katie Kramer. Today on our podcast, demand for COVID testing surging as the Omicron variant upends holiday plans. I don't want to go stand in a line right now. With a bunch of people who think they have COVID. Right, I know. Restaurateur and Shake Shack founder Danny Meyer on the virus variant closing doors. Hospitality is a team sport. It's kind of like putting on a play on Broadway or playing a basketball game. If you can't field a full healthy team, you're gonna have to hit pause. How to live forever, or a long time at least, biotech entrepreneur James Pyre. As our population gets older and more frail, keeping people in their 60s, 70s, and 80s healthy and productive, it should be one of our greatest societal goals. And Elon Musk says he's hit a 10% target of selling Tesla shares and avoiding a tax bill. That news hit close to home. Nobody sends me a thank you card when I pay my taxes every year. It's Wednesday, December 22nd, 2021. Squawk Pod begins right now. Stand Becky by in three, two, one, cue please. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Squawk Box here on CNBC. I'm Becky Quick, along with Joe Kernan and Andrew Ross Sorkin. The global market is continuing to watch the spread of the COVID variant and uh, the new Omicron variant. Uh, President Biden addressed the nation yesterday about all of this, issuing a dire warning to those who remain unvaccinated against COVID-19. We should all be concerned about Omicron, but not panicked. If you're fully vaccinated, and especially if you got your booster shot, you are highly protected. And if you're unvaccinated, you're at a higher risk of getting severely ill from COVID-19, getting hospitalized, and even dying. So the best thing to do is get fully vaccinated and get your booster shot. And no, this is not March of 2020. 200 million people are fully vaccinated. We're prepared. We know more. Biden announcing some new initiatives to try to combat the pandemic this winter. Those include 500 million free at-home tests, more testing sites, and pop-up vaccination clinics. And speaking of COVID, Delta Airlines is now asking the CDC to cut its recommended quarantine time for vaccinated people who contract the virus. The CEO, Ed Bastian, arguing the current rules for isolation periods could negatively affect the airline's operations. Delta wants the quarantine time cut to five days from 10 days, the airline says the current rules were made at the beginning of the pandemic before we had vaccines and treatments. And I, I don't know about you guys. I, I'm with him, except for the idea that I think you'd want to you'd want to test out of the quarantine. First. You know, Jim was right. Jim was dealing with this just yesterday because I think he had gotten it on a Thursday or Wednesday, Thursday of last week. And he was still testing positive as of yesterday. I saw you tested positive again today. Yeah, what a bummer. You know, I mean, where I, I put my thing. Well, you know, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I tested positive. Now, it's, that's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. I mean, look, if I were in the NFL, I'd be playing. But that would I'm not in the NFL, so I'm not playing. I'm on IR. Injured reserve. 
Injured reserve. Injured reserve. I, we're putting you on the right. field. Right. I, I wanted to be on COVID. That's it. You're playing injured. We know it. Do we have 500 million tests ready to go? Do, do we know that? Or, I, no, it's not coming till January. It's coming too late. It's too little. If you actually wanted to do what Europe has been doing for months at this point, which is making sure that anybody can get these things and you can vaccinate yourself twice a week. If we wanted to do that in the United States, we'd need 2.3 billion billions, a month. Billions, billions of these things. I mean, all of this is too late. Becky, you said, you said vaccinate yourself twice a week. I hope it doesn't ever sorry, come to that. I hope yourself. it never comes to that. Although, uh, <laughs> Me too. who knows? Uh, why are, who knows why, at this point? Why didn't he, if he was serious about this, why is he not using the Defense Production Act, frankly, to go to the Pfizer's of the world and say, you need to make these drugs. We've talked about drugs, the therapeutics. Yeah. Ten, Ten million doses isn't going to cut it, which is what I think we have on on They're order at the moment. They're not even approved by the FDA yet. Right, okay. but you're going to need to you're going to need to have first. You're going to need to order, you know, a hundred, two hundred million doses of this thing. I mean, look at the rate things are going. Though, interestingly, it may well be that it burns. Um, sadly, and, and I hope the the health aspects of it aren't as dire as 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 what we saw previously, but. You know, it could burn through 50 million people, right? Well, and then, do do any of I, you have have any doubts that it's what 70 times more contagious? I mean, it, it, who doesn't no. have it? At, at, I don't. I, right. I, but uh, as far as you know, there's a, yeah, exactly. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. there, but there are. It, it's like um, every day. It's like, oh, really, 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 really. It's it's so many people. Caring this, the people. Who, yeah. Look, I, I have to tell you, testing is a serious problem in this country. It's not just the at-home testing. I stood in line for two hours yesterday in a cold parking lot at night, waiting for my kids to get PCR testing because the school was offering it. I let Kyle stay in the car and do his homework, but you know, Kimmy met up with us later. But I stood in line literally for two hours waiting for them to get tested. We get tested at work, so that's okay. There are cases going through all of the kids' schools right now. And um, before we see my parents for the holidays, which I want to see my mom and dad for Christmas, before we do that, I want to make sure we all get tested. And, and that's what a lot of people are thinking right now. I was in line for two hours, so I had time to talk to the people in line. The guy behind me was at a party, found out that uh, somebody tested positive, so he's waiting and trying to get it. He had been everywhere. There's nowhere to get these testing done if right. you're in this entire region at this point. Well, right. I, I don't want to go stand in a line right now, particularly. I'd, I'd rather just like... With a bunch of people who think they have COVID. Right. Right. <laughs> I know. So it's like... It's but so that goes it, to it, the plus, whole... If you're triple vax and asymptomatic... I mean, yeah, it'd be nice to, I guess, uh, you, if you're going to see unvaccinated people, it'd be nice to know. But if everybody around you in uh, your family is triple vaxxed, I don't know whether you go put yourself in that position where you're, you're with a bunch of people that think they have it. And they're all, I mean, we know that, didn't this, I read it, and it went through a hotel wall somewhere. Did you guys read that? Did it, there was I didn't some, see that. Yeah, there was somewhere that it went across the hall. So it's the only right. contact someone could have had. I don't know whether that's true, but people don't re remember everything. But supposedly it was in the air across a hall and much more contagious. Right. Let's hope it's just it's not, not as very But fun. that's the, the conundrum, though, is I agree with you, Joe, if you're going to not if you're going to be around other people who are who are triple vaxxed. Right. But also they have to not be immunocompromised. Right. And, and you really don't want them to be severely old either and and for those of us who are, who are lucky enough to still have grandparents no what's severely old who are lucky enough right. to still have grandparents around <laughs> and others yeah this right. becomes this becomes an issue yep. um right. the last piece i was going to say and and it's it's becky and i can we can we can rap about it probably offline forever but the big issue with the test is even if you get the test today 
it's very possible that the test doesn't catch it, even the PCR test doesn't catch it. What you really want these days is to almost be doing rapid tests like multiple times a day ahead of whatever this event is, literally up to the last last second, if you're totally committed to to that position. And you're going to be with people, as you say, that that are that that are either (laughs) just ancient, uh, severely old, however you uh, (laughs) <laughs> or, 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 try, or, but it's true. Or, or immunocompromised. Or, or right. It's so and cool. I will say, it's impossible to get these tests, but you can get them right now on Walmart.com. I just bought some. They got restocked in, and they are only fourteen ninety nine for a two-pack on, on Walmart.com versus like 24 bucks. Oh, you're going gonna, to gonna cause a run on them, Becky. I'm going online they, they, right now. They've been selling out. They've been selling out constantly. I was trying to get them there last night, but I'm just telling you, they're there right now because Walmart's done a better job than the federal government has at providing these things. I think it's cool. But do, you have, do, you, do you both have grandparents? Yeah, I have my, my grandmother's 95. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool, because once your uh, uh, once your parents go, it's like you're next. And my parents went, but then I found some new parents, yeah. some birth parents. So now I, you know, they're alive. I I, I sadly <laughs> no longer. We we lost our last grandmother this last right. year. You I know, remember? Really. I remember. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but Pilar, my wife, still has her grandmother around. So we've got that's great. Um, well, uh, going on a hundred soon too. By the way. God, where I hope to uh, be in about 60 years, uh, right, right there with, with her. In corporate news, shares of Tesla are rising in pre-market trading. That comes after Elon Musk said that he had now sold enough stock to satisfy that goal he talked about of selling 10% of Tesla shares. However, when all is said and done, he actually increased his holdings in the company. The sales amounted to about 13.5 million shares, but at the same time, he exercised options to buy 16.4 million shares of course, those options came at $6.24 a share, so you'd be crazy not to buy them. Those options, by the way, were granted back in 2012. And guys, talk amongst yourselves here. I got to call back in. Oh, no. Uh, that, that's the, one of the things that, uh, that we all get to deal with, too, uh, here, Andrew. All right. We don't need, uh, Becky, for you to just, just sing on you this You want to wax on promo. about Elon Musk? I mean, what do, what, do, do we want to talk about Musk? Um, we can we can even we can even go to Elizabeth Warren. By the way, I was going to tell you, Joe, I yeah. wanted to mention this to you. you know, the last time we talked and I was being somewhat defensive of Elizabeth Warren and also being you defensive were? of Elon Musk. I don't love today. I'm actually more unhappy with the way Elizabeth Warren is now trying to raise money off the back of and and, and almost put out these lies about Elon Musk with the taxes that I, that I find Remarkably frustrating. I, I mean, it's sort, of of it sort of has ramped up to a different level. I with, think, with, with that Andrew, I, little, a lot of times I think you're war. kind of d- dismissive of, of things I say, not really listening sometimes. If you remember, I, <laughs> we both do, but I specifically say politicians, you know, birds got to swim, fish got to fly. There are flying right. fish. I said it the same. Politicians got a demagogue because then they raise money from the people that love them. Now, who loves Elizabeth Warren? You know the type of people that love Elizabeth Warren. Right. So the more yep. she does this, the more it plays into her being able to. Look, I, I, I don't know. I've read things. I don't know what Elizabeth Warren paid in taxes. I have no idea. I see, I see things that she's like Trump or something, you know, like five grand on, on a lot of income. I don't know whether that's true. But she's not paying $11 billion. She won't pay $11 billion in her lifetime. She didn't develop EV cars. She right. didn't do any of these. Is Musk paying $11 billion? Is that is still a bad guy? Is that his fair share, Andrew, just because he's been so successful? Isn't $11 billion good to go into the federal coffers? Aren't we thankful for Elon Musk? 
So I am thankful for Elon Musk. I think the country should be thankful for Elon Musk. But there's one point I will make, which okay. is I think that we've all there's a lot of folks who are like, oh, my God, let's let's thank him for paying his taxes. Yeah, that part is the one part that I don't because he's been because he's had I, government help. No, because I think I'm, nobody sends me a thank you card when I pay my taxes I know, every but year. You so I'm very glad okay, that he's doing Can I come back it. in? I'm very, All right, Becky's back. I, I'm very glad Just that in he's time. Back. <laughs> Just I, in time. I heard you guys I, starting I, to get along. Uh, we're kind of okay on this. Uh, we're okay on this. I just think it, I'm looking at people's contributions to society, and I think Elon Musk looks, looks fine compared to relative yeah, basis I, to Elizabeth I, look, Warren. I, I think... Everybody agrees on the idea that Elizabeth Warren is using this to try and, you know, make some political hay that, out That's where we it's, were. That's, that's where I, I was landing. Which is what they that do. Anger. They demagogue to Turn raise money. That's, they, birds got to swim. Flish. Birds do uh, swim sometimes, too. Have you seen them when they go Ducks. after? So that's, I'm not wrong saying fish got to fly. Mm-hmm. Flying fish and there are swimming birds. So I'm not I was just it surprised back. that it's been ramped up. Maybe I shouldn't be surprised. I know you, you would say, be. You, you know, you're Casablanca. Her. This you, is what you, happens. You've had a soft but. spot in your heart. I like her. I've met her. She's, she's very nice. Yeah. Uh, but We've had her on the show. Uh, um, I don't, you know, politics, what are you going to, we're surprised. Stop the presses. They're, they're, they're demagoguing to raise money. I mean, that's just the way it is. I'm, I, Some I of them am, are better you know what, though, I am, because it just, the argument in this particular case seems so wrong, but. I, I, look, she, her argument, obviously, is that he should be paying even more, but right. a debate for another day. His fair day. share. His fair share. By the way, just because I'm proud of myself, I'm feeling my aura is telling me that my aura is really good today. I just want you it to know. It like that. It seemed like that. That's what it happens just, when we agreed about Elizabeth Warren, and that's what happens when, yeah. we, when we agree. We, we, I don't know. It's just a good, it's a good feeling. It's a better feeling. <laughs> it's a good feeling. It's a, it's a good holiday feeling. And I didn't. Mean to imply yesterday. You think he agrees with you? You think he agrees with you because he got a good night's sleep, right? Right, right. And yesterday I wasn't disagreeing. <laughs> McDonald's. I mean, it, there's just no question they're the best fries. My only yes. point was that I'll Wendy's. Go back to the fries. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Wendy's good. has been, but not the dental floss. But Wendy's has been doing um, better. Wendy's has been doing better. Plus, did you see some of those good tips? Order the McDonald's fries yeah. without salt. No salt. And they and they come. They got to make them new for you. Right. So, so they come out. And hot. then you get and the then, hot fries and then you add your own salt. Yeah. And then you add the Bloomberg portion of salt, which is like a whole, a whole thing. Apparently he loves salt. Just not for the, the, I do too. So do I. But yeah. So do I. Just not for Who the, doesn't? not for the plebes. Uh, they can't have any. Next on Squawk Pod, the great cancellation of plans. What's on and what's off. Union Square Hospitality CEO Danny Meyer on how he'll keep his New York restaurants going. Beginning immediately, we are going to be requiring that 100% of our staff members have a third shot, a booster, beginning in mid-January. We'll be requiring that guests show proof of being fully vaccinated, including a booster. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. 
like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. This is Squawk Pod. Up and Andrew, Q. Good morning and welcome back to Squawk Box right here on CNBC. I'm Andrew Ross Sorkin along with Becky Quick and Joe Kernan on this Wednesday morning. As we told you yesterday, the Consumer Electronics Show will go on in January despite COVID, but uh, it will be lacking some big name companies. Amazon, Twitter, T-Mobile and Facebook parent Meta all saying now they won't be sending teams to the show due to concerns over the jump in COVID cases. And that's exactly what we discussed just yesterday, guys. You know, you can yeah. you can put on a show, but if nobody comes to the show, uh, how much of a show is it? <laughs> it's my party and I'll cry if I want yeah. to. Nobody's got her. Right. right. We sometimes I feel like that. No, no, no. We we have lots of people. <laughs> um... Tens of dozens, tens of dozens. <laughs> Restaurants across the country have announced temporary closures as COVID cases among staff and patrons tick up. Among them are six of the restaurants owned by Union Square Hospitality Group. And joining us right now with more on the service breaks and a new vaccination policy today, Danny Meyer, founder and CEO of Union Square Hospitality Group and founder of Shake Shack. Danny, it's great to see you. Uh, Sadly, under these circumstances, we've been following uh, your progress throughout this entire pandemic. And here we are uh, hitting a new hurdle uh, and and you have some news uh, about how you're how you're dealing with it well good morning andrew yeah we got to stop meeting on this particular topic one of these days that'll, that'll be a good thing back in august you'll remember that we broke the news that union square hospitality group was going to really try to approach the safety aspect of what was going on by requiring proof of vaccination for both our staff members and for our guests. And that has gone really, really well. 100% of our staff members are fully vaccinated, as are our guests. However, we now know since August that the meaning and the definition of being fully vaccinated includes being boosted. And so beginning immediately, we are going to be requiring that 100% of our staff members have a third shot, a booster, within 30 days of their eligibility, And then to give our guests a little bit more time, beginning in mid-January, we'll be requiring that when guests want to dine at any of our units where hospitality group restaurants, they too will be required to show proof of being fully vaccinated, including a booster. That has helped a lot because throughout this entire wave that we're now going through, while we've absolutely seen a ton of breakthrough cases throughout society, throughout New York City, and even in our restaurants, happily... So far, not one of the cases that our staff members have encountered have been more than mild symptoms and, in fact, a a much swifter recovery. So that's what we're trying to do right now. Danny, walk us through the the sort of mental process and the kind of conversations internally you had about getting there. You're clearly uh, moving ahead of uh, many. I mean, look, there there are places in Europe and others that are talking now about what fully vaccinated even means. And even some states may ultimately get there as well, but you're obviously moving a bit faster. What was the thought process? Well, the thought process, uh, fortunately, is 
the really hard time was back in the summer when we tried to make what at that point was a tough decision to require 100% of our staff members to be vaccinated. Because you got to keep in mind, back this past summer, we estimated that around 60 to 65% of our staff members at USHG were vaccinated. So we knew we had a pretty big lift. We provided 45 days. We had counseling, bilingual counseling. And the good news was that we were able to bring almost everybody over the finish line. There were a few holdouts who said, it's just not something I want to do. And we respected that. And we told those people, by the way, if you change your mind, we want to hire you back. We've even had a couple of those. But now at this point, the science has changed. And so we now know that fully vaccinated includes boosters. We didn't have eligibility for booster shots back in August. Things have moved so rapidly and so it's truly an easier decision. What's been a little bit tougher has been watching this crushing wave of, of Omicron uh, sweeping through New York City and, and certainly through the country. And we just, you know, hospitality is a team sport. It's kind of like putting on a play on Broadway or playing a basketball game. If you can't field a full healthy team, you're going to have to hit pause. And so we've made that decision as well. And uh, we'll see how that goes. We hope it's a really, really swift pause. What percentage of your employees uh, have come down with Omicron? I ask because I think, you know, you're on this pause right now. There are a lot of restaurant owners that are thinking, do I pause for a week? Do I pause for two weeks? Do I have so many employees that have it today that actually, hopefully, God willing, that, they, that it's a mild case on the other side, they'll be very happy to be back at work? Well, I don't have any idea what percentage of our employees have tested positive, but let me try to put something in perspective for you. If we had had just one case, one positive case of COVID back in 2020, or even in early 2021 before people were vaccinated, we may well have had to shut down the restaurant because anybody who had been in contact with that person would have to be quarantined. That's how far we've come. We didn't have vaccinations. We didn't have access to testing. We certainly didn't have boosters. And in fact, a year ago today, New York City was actually shut down by both the state and the city. I cannot say enough about how hard the city has worked and how hard the state has worked to keep New York open right now. And I think that's a great thing. So here's, here's the thing, though. The reason that we're hitting pause on a small number of our restaurants right now is that if we cannot, in a very, very healthy way, field an entire team, if you have one manager out, two managers out, I hate to continue to make sports uh, analogies here, but I'm a big hockey fan. If you've got one player in the penalty box, chances are decent you're going to have a goal scoring. you got two, chances are really good. If you've got three in the penalty box, you you might be best just to, to cancel that game and then wait till, till people can come back. And the good news is I don't think it's going to take that long. I hope I don't have to eat those words, but I, I think that – as tough as it is to be making that decision to pause during what should be the busiest two weeks of the year, that's a, that's a big deal. It's actually an easy decision. Two quick final questions. You've been a leader on this. Could you see a day, uh, to the extent that tests, rapid tests were cheap enough, where either you would rapid test all of your employees every night or, and or rapid test everybody who walks into the restaurant? I mean, is, is, that a, is that a possibility if the price point was down to a, a buck or two and, and was either subsidized by the government or there was just such a massive production that the price itself came down? 
Well, we're actually investigating that this very, very minute. We're accessing all kinds of testing for our team because we believe that the minute anybody has a symptom, that if they could do that for themselves at home, or certainly if we could do that at the restaurant, um, or we, we also have a telemed service that we're working on with a company called Radish, which is outstanding. We think that that's going to have a great deal of effectiveness in terms of stemming the wave. And then finally, Danny, I, I got to ask you this because I remember getting a, a slew of emails last time we spoke. You're doing this uh, for your, your restaurants, many in New York City and elsewhere, but it appears you're not doing this for Shake Shack. Can you explain the distinction there? This does not affect Shake Shack whatsoever. Shake Shack is a completely separate company from Union Square Hospitality Group. I'm proud to have founded the company, but this has to do with a small number of our restaurants uh, here in New York City. And by the way, I need to tell you, there's a few of our restaurants that remain open and are not paused because they can field an entire team. That's truly what this is about. Hey, uh, Danny, just just keeping it light for a second. We, we had the big French fry debate yesterday and some people sent in some pictures of uh, of Shake Shack fries that were julienne fries, I think. What does that do? You, are you familiar with that? You must be. Um, no, I'm not. That, that was a, uh, uh, an experiment gone haywire about eight years ago, and, and our fans asked us to return to the crinkle cut fries. So no more julienne fries. Crinkle cut. What does crinkle cut do? Because uh, we're, we're trying to figure out what... Uh, why is that? Does that open up more so you, surface area for salt or something, which would appeal to me? You, you got it. It also opens up a huge amount of surface area for people who are in love with cheese sauce. It catches every drip of that cheese. <laughs> Danny, stop. Stop. Uh, when you talk. I don't, I don't know. I know these are your babies, so maybe you can't say this. We had sort of agreed on the air yesterday that of all the French fries on a consistency basis at McDonald's was the winner. Just you know, uh -oh. I, I, I think Throwing it's a classic. Down, Danny. Throwing it down. I'm one, I just want to know, do you, I mean, where, where does the McDonald's fry stack up for you? I haven't had one for so long. Oh I wouldn't be able oh, to weigh in on that. Oh, that's, that's mean. Like, that is. Really? I haven't had one today. Uh, I, I did have a Shake Shack French fry last night. Got delivered I love my shakes, home. too. I, I came them. hot and I was really happy. I could eat there every day, Danny. I could. I could, uh, but, I probably sh but I probably shouldn't. A lot more fun to talk about this than COVID. Danny, we wish you happy holidays, and uh, we do hope you Thank get you through all. this next couple Thank of weeks uh, to the other side. And we, uh, we know, how to, we know how to do this, and we will. Thank you. Appreciate it. Cheese will be next. Coming up on Squawk Pod, the next big trend in biotech. Investors are pouring billions into living longer. The CEO of Cambrian Biopharma on longevity drugs and some lifestyle habits that could help. Can I have a glass of red wine every night and say, wow, this is to help with aging? In order to get enough resveratrol to uh, actually get the benefits of slowing aging, you have to drink about 100 liters of wine a day. All right. Wine, hair, Jeff Bezos' midlife crisis, and a few no longer blind mice. It's all right after this. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx.
Support for this program is provided by Chevron. Methane management is a critical part of achieving a lower carbon future. Chevron is taking action to keep methane in the pipe. Their 2028 upstream methane intensity target is set to be 53% below the 2016 baseline. They're committed to evolving facility designs and operating practices. And they've trialed over 13 advanced detection technologies, including drones and satellites. That's energy in progress. Learn more at chevron.com slash methane. You're listening to Squawk Pod, and our last story today, some health news that's not COVID-related. We're going down a little bit of a rabbit hole into the land of longevity. Over the last 10, 11 years, big names in tech, I'm I'm talking Peter Thiel, Oracle's Larry Ellison, Google co-founders Larry Page and Sergey Brin, Jeff Bezos, have all been looking into and financing biotech startups that focus on anti-aging. Bezos has invested in Unity Biotechnology and reportedly Altos Labs. The Google co-founders actually helped launch their own longevity biotech a decade ago. It's called Calico. It kind of sounds like Silicon Valley is having a midlife crisis, but the technology seems promising. Scientists are experimenting with stem cells and even with young blood. To slow or reverse the effects of aging, there are also startups working on reprogramming cells. One of those initiatives at Harvard actually restored sight to blind mice. There's even a startup focused on the longevity of dogs. Because if we live longer, we'll need company. One of these longevity startups is Cambrian Biopharma. It focuses on human aging. And fun fact, one of the co-founders has another company, Atai Life Sciences, which aims to use psychedelic mushrooms to treat mental disorders and post-traumatic stress. Anyway, here's Andrew. Here now is one of the entrepreneurs hoping to get an age-related disease on a cellular level. Joining us right now is James Byer. He's the co-founder and CEO of Cambrian Biopharma. Good morning to you. Um, Good morning, I think, Andrew. I mean, I don't know. I would like to live for a very, very, very long time, but I'd like to live in a healthy way for a very, very long time. Where do you think we are now? And, and what do you think realistically we've got in the offing in the next, say, decade? Yeah, I think this whole longevity field is sort of taking the biotech world by storm right now. And, you know, a lot of times when I hear people talk about the excitement behind this space, it's like, oh, we're going to make some magic pill that makes us live to 200 or something like that. And that's not really where the science is right now. But what makes longevity so exciting is that it offers the solution to what is currently the biggest problem in all of medicine today. And that is that the drugs that we have to treat the diseases of aging, like cancer and Alzheimer's disease, they just kind of suck right now. They all involve waiting for us to get sick, and then they try to untangle that complex disease with one drug. And so in this longevity space, what scientists have done is they've discovered these drivers of aging, right? Changes to our cells that happen years or decades before we actually get sick. And that's going to give us the opportunity to go after these diseases proactively, preventing us from ever getting sick instead of reactively. And I think that's going to be the most important paradigm shift in healthcare that happens this century. James, what's different about now? And the reason I'm asking the question is, for years, as you know, there have been folks uh, peddling all sorts of claims about longevity. Uh, We are at a moment where there's a lot of liquidity in the market. You can see that liquidity going to all sorts of new spaces. One of those spaces is this area around longevity. But, But is there something different happening in the world of science? 
Yeah, I would say that there's a few sort of trends that are kind of converging here, and we probably don't have time to get into all of them. But if I were to punch through the three big ones is that the biotech space in general is just going to continue to be a great spot for investment. Um, you know, we're in the world of COVID and we, we spent all of 2020, you know, reading about uh clinical trials on the front page of every newspaper, and we're learning about new Greek letters like Omicron today. But really, the biotech space on a fundamental level is benefiting from the sequencing of the human genome that happened 20 years ago. And just now, we're able to make drugs smarter and faster than ever before, because it takes you know decades to go from that initial set of discoveries to, to drugs. The second big trend that I think is really the kind of the why now for this space is that you know, a decade ago, we just didn't understand what was changing in our cells to drive these diseases of aging. And because of, you know, the step-by-step -step progress uh, that's been made across academia, we now have this list. Cambrian studies 13 different drivers of aging, and we've been able to create drugs targeting those, those drivers, those cellular changes that happen. And this is creating, you know, this space as a real thing for the first time. And that's, that's really the, the paradigm shift that's happening. Hey, James, I, I see you, stem cell PhD, um, so we can talk about, about uh, just, just one thing. And I, let, me, let me just, it, it's, it's a little in the weeds, but how do we focus on uh, extending the life of the organism rather than extending the life of the cell? Because you, you know what happens when you extend the life of the cell. That's not good for anybody. So there's, you know, the, the telomeres, telomerase, there, there's, there's those ideas. Then you're just going to breed cancer. So how do you, theoretically, if you make a, a cell immortal, that's like the last thing you want to do. You want it to, so how do you, how do you focus on the organism itself and extending the, the life there rather than the individual cell? Yeah, I, I would love to talk with you guys for like half an hour about this, but the short version is that if you target each and any of these drivers of aging in an intelligent way, what you get is not just an extension of the cellular lifespan, which is what you see when you, you know, give a cell unlimited telomeres and that causes cancer, as you rightly pointed out. But when you target these in a smart way and fix the damage that's building up, you actually can change the what we call health span, the time spent in good health. <clears throat> of an entire organism. And the field has been able to do that with more than 75 different interventions now. You change one thing, target one of these drivers of aging, and the whole organism lives longer and healthier. And so for each of the interventions that we do, like let's take telomeres, for example, we run out of telomeres little by little as we get older, right. but we've figured out a way to extend those telomeres, regenerating ourselves on a cellular level without having to increase the risk of cancer and like solving those problems, which wasn't possible 20 years ago when telomeres and telomerase were discovered, uh, but is possible now is part of this paradigm shift that's happening. That's exciting. And, and uh, yeah, I could, would certainly like brain cells to last a lot longer. And then I was thinking hair cells, follicles. Uh, is there any way to extend, uh, you know, just indefinitely for... Yeah, it, it's something that, you know, when people think kidding. about aging, they I, think about hair grain and hair loss. It's something very, very popular. But there's that's, you know, that's probably there's commercially really, that's commercially near term something you can work. I want to let it get back to Andrew. He wants he wants okay. serious things. But uh, send me yeah. some info no, on the no, hair no, no, stuff. No. Keep going on the hair. The fascinating thing about hair, just really quickly, is that, you know, hair loss and and like age related diseases aren't actually linked. So the things that cause us to age and get more likely to be sick 
aren't the same things that are kind of the, the causes of hair loss. So, so they're very, very different topics. We don't work a whole, an awful lot on hair loss for that reason, because we are much more interested in preventing cancer and Alzheimer's disease than the hair loss problem. But if there was a good opportunity that was related to one of these drivers of aging, we'd probably jump on it. So, so James, as, as, I, as you know, there's a lot of investors who are watching uh, us talking right now, and they're thinking to themselves, I imagine, okay, well, what's the implication of this, both in the context of investing in the space that you're in itself, but also all of the derivative implications of if people are either living longer in terms of actual years or living better, what does that actually mean? So I don't know how you want to take that, but I, I've tried, I, I think it would be valuable to think about those, those two issues. Absolutely. So I think the top line here from an investor standpoint is that, you know, I watched this field not take off for nearly a decade because investors rightly said you can't just take a brand new drug and, you know, run a trial for aging. It would just be way too expensive and take too long. But the cool thing about Cambrian, for example, as a business is that we don't actually uh, have a problem around that. Our, like, our drugs might eventually be used to slow aging and make people live longer, and we're really excited about that. But today, we're using them as treatments for existing diseases like muscular dystrophy or cancer. And, and that's how the trillion-dollar pharma industry already works, right? You take a new drug, and you run trials in a specific disease. The cool thing about Cambrian is that these first trials are just a stepping stone for us to build this completely new industry on top of modern pharma, uh, which, which will be these longevity therapeutics that can prevent the diseases of aging make people live longer. And so this longevity part of our business model, it's kind of like a cherry on top of an already delicious biotech sundae, uh, maybe a delicious and investable biotech sundae. Uh, as far as the, the social implications and kind of the societal implications for what happens here, I think you know we could talk on, about the philosophy of this for a while. But at the end of the day, if we had a pill that we could take that lowered our risk of cancer, Alzheimer's disease, bone weakness, and getting a heart attack all at the same time, I think most people would do it. And you could even make an argument that as our population gets older and more frail, keeping people in their 60s, 70s, and 80s healthy and productive, it should be one of our greatest societal right. goals. And that's what I think this field is gonna enable. Okay, two more final questions. One's a practical one. David Sinclair, who's been one of the sort of uh, experts in this field for quite a long time. He takes metformin, a, a drug for diabetes, to try to lower glucose in his body, believes that that's a, a major trigger and an important thing. He thinks people, he thinks everybody should be taking that. What do you think? Yeah, so David's a, a friend and I think really a visionary in this field. Um, I think that the evidence behind using metformin as a early version of a drug to slow aging is pretty damn strong. And we're going to see some clinical results where I think it's going to be one of the first trials that's, or one of the first drugs that's actually tested in trials to slow aging. Um, I think for people who are, you know, I, I'm not giving medical advice here, but I think a lot of people in this field, especially those above around 45, 50, are taking this drug because they see the, the anecdotal evidence that we think is then going to be uh, played out in clinical trials. And there are a couple of other drugs that are sort of these imperfect drugs for slowing aging, but are, happen to already be approved and already be safe. The next generation of drugs that have been specifically designed to slow aging by biotech companies like Cambrian, those are going to blow drugs like metformin and their efficacy out of the water. Great. No sugar. That's awesome. Let's, can we go to the other side? Can I have a glass of red wine every night and say, wow, this is for... Uh 
This is for, for to help with aging, resveratrol, right? Right. So, so there's this funny thing about resveratrol, the, the red wine compound, right? That in order to get enough resveratrol to uh, actually get the benefits of flowing aging, you have to drink about 100 liters of wine a day. All right. All right. So if you're up for it, I would say go for it. Uh, 100 liters. Yeah. That's, but, but interestingly, there are some compounds in particular red wines from like southern France and Sardinia, for example, yeah. that uh, that have these compounds called polyphenols that are really beneficial for longevity. Uh, and scientists right. are exploring I'm going to do it anyway, right Jim. I don't, you know, okay. Just, just go for it. it. hundred liters isn't too much, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> James, we, we could do this. As you can see, we could have this conversation forever. And hopefully we will continue it and do it again soon. Uh, we Christmas wish you cookie. a happy holidays. And thanks for joining this us this like morning. This is like six months. I'm doing Joe, right. Taking Betty, off Andrew. right Right. Christmas yeah, thanks cookie. Thanks so much for having me. I, I, like, I've taken a week it. off my life. Hair loss. Tied to high testosterone, so don't worry. You guys are safe. And that's it for Squawk Pod. Tomorrow, twas the day before the day before Christmas. We'll check in with the North American Aerospace Defense Command, NORAD, on a critical mission. When we get children that call in the ops center, uh, we give them all the answers about how NORAD tracks Santa every year. And it starts when he makes his first movements out of the North Pole. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Tune in weekday mornings on CNBC at 6 Eastern. Like and follow Squawk Pod wherever you download podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, add us to your feed. And even share Squawk Pod with a friend. Thanks for listening. We'll meet you back here tomorrow. We are clear. Thanks, guys. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.